Are you tired of children constantly knocking on your door asking for candy? Do they not take your hint of you leaving all your lights off? Well, give them something they'll never forget with Candyman brand deluxe embeddable candy razors. Most razors are easily spotted with their telltale silver gleam, but Candyman brand razors are color-coded to match any Halloween candy. Make your order today and take part in the great American tradition of inflicting mouth trauma on unsuspecting, but let's admit it, deserving children. Hello and welcome to Horror Movie Talk. An opinionated and accidentally funny horror movie review show. Go, 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 go. to review older horror movies, both good and horrible. Wow, that didn't sound good. Hey, 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 kids. Hey, kiddies. <laughs> this is you, one of your hosts, Bryce Hansen. I am a foremost expert on scare yes yes uh, and, and i'm the spook all wait no we no, got I, that. I don't know, whatever uh welcome to <laughs> horror movie talk um check out our website at horrormovietalk.com you'll find links to all our social media which we're active on the facebook the twitter the instagram the grum the the tiktoks linkedin and reddit so forth and the rest we post new episodes every Wednesday, so please subscribe to not miss out on one instant of fun. And if you're an Apple user, please, please leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts because we are trying to get up to 200 ratings. 200 um, ratings on Apple Podcasts. We need one thousand followers on Facebook, and they're all going to be legit followers none of this i'm paying for facebook like followers i want all you motherfuckers on there mm -hmm. every single one okay we've got a fantastic show today today we're going to be talking about Candyman 1992 the wow. original um candy man was supposed to be coming out like this week or next the, right the remake yeah right about now um so you know since you can't watch but instead of that we get what's happening right now, yeah. which is kind of the antithesis of the point of the movie. Um, so we'll start out by giving a brief review and our score for the movie. We score on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being a miserable dredge where it makes you angry, 5 being a perfectly average film that hits all the expected marks, and 10 being so good it transcends genre boundaries. After we give our score, we'll get into spoilers and take a deeper dive into what we liked and hated about the film. Later, we'll be talking about our new brand. <gasps> oh, boy. What? My brand. Uh, we just... <laughs> re is that a raincoat? <laughs> yes, it is. It's our new brand. We uh, just released a new logo um, commissioned by uh, Dustin Goebel. And uh, we are big fans of it, and we can... That is really super. How to nitwit like you get so tasteful. <laughs> so we're going to talk a little bit about that, about the the behind the scenes 
dr- drama. I don't know. I don't, we, we may not have much to talk about. My brand! Uh, <laughs> but we will. What's that from? That's from that. There's a great commercial for contacts. He's like, oh, yeah, my brand. <laughs> but they my don't. They won't, they won't carry my brand for my special eyes. <laughs> look, look with your special eyes. My brand! That's <laughs> uh, really super. How a nitwit like you get so tasteful? And then we'll, we'll be playing a new game called Don't Blank on the Blank. Don't Blank on the Blank? We'll... we'll Sounds like a little game my wife and I play a lot. <laughs> we'll describe what this game is about when we get to it, but I'm pretty stoked about it. Oh, well, you know. And then finally we'll do a little It Came From Social Media where we'll read some comments from social media. But let's get into... Candyman. This week we watched the original Candyman and it was <laughs> a treat. It was a real treat. <laughs> Here's the trailer. Have you ever heard of Candyman? If you look in the mirror and you say his name five times. In cities everywhere. Candyman. They whisper his name. Right. Candyman. It's just a story. Just a ghost story. Candyman. An entire community starts attributing the daily horrors of their lives to a mythical figure. The legend first appeared in 1890. He was attacked, mutilated, and burned to death. Poor Candyman. Helen, a woman died in there. Leave it. Everyone knows he isn't real. That's modern oral folklore. Everyone except Helen Lyle. Where did I think it ain't safe around here? That don't scare too easy. Wanna know about Ruthie Jane? They ain't never gonna catch him. Who? Candyman. Who is that? I came for you. Do I know you? Now she is about to discover. Mystery. I'm sick. What's behind the legend? Listen, he's under the bed! And most terrifying of all, come with me. What's behind the mirror? He's here. Candyman, you don't have to believe. Just beware. Yeah, we need to bring back 90s voiceover trailers. I don't think we can. I think that man died. Well, yeah, but I mean, there we can get someone like him. The guy but who, I mean, that style of trailer where it's like a lot of color commentary yeah. throughout it and just like... We should get the guy who does the voice acting for Kermit the Frog to do it. <laughs> In a world... In a world. In a world. Uh, yeah, I'm not even going to try. <laughs> um, Candyman is available for streaming on Netflix, and you can rent it anywhere you can rent it. Um, I prepared a synopsis, actually, pre-recorded, that I'd, uh, you know, I, I just wanted to get everything right and say it oh, right. Wow, so, this is this is very, this is not normal. I want to let you guys know. Because this is an important film to 
keep straight. Okay. So well, I just wanted to get it all right. So here, this is new to me. Yeah, here's what you're doing. Here's the synopsis. Take a rusty hook and split it just in two. Cover it with honey and some killer bees too. The candy man. The candy man can. Who appears in mirrors if he called his name five times? To get revenge for being lynched by angry racist plights. The candy man. The candy man can. The candy man can. The candy man can, cause he needs another victim, and you're looking pretty good. Impressive. Very nice. Wow. <laughs> what the fuck have you been doing? Uh, that. That took more time than I <laughs> wish to admit. <laughs> you don't say. You but, don't well, that's say. a karaoke track, so we'll see if we get flagged on that. That but. was spectacular. Wow, man. That's uh, <laughs> the candy. Can you give us a little bit of that? Just a little. I'll, I'll, Just give me the candy man can. The candy man can. <laughs> <laughs> wow. My favorite line is to uh, who, 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 take who, who appears in who appears in mirrors if you call his name five times to get revenge for being lynched by angry racist whites. Yeah, I That's, I heard it all. Yeah. It's spectacular. I like who can take a rusty hook <laughs> and split a chest in two. <laughs> wow! Anyways. Wow! You're welcome. Uh, Candyman follows grad student Helen Lyle as she researches for her thesis on urban legends or folklore <laughs> when she stumbles across the legend of Candyman, whose story seems to be alive and thriving in the poverty-stricken projects of Chicago. Candyman is an African-American Bloody Mary-esque apparition that appears when his name is called in front of a mirror, but instead of the three Bloody Marys, you must say Candyman five times in some sort of supernatural three-fifths compromise. When the skeptical skeptical I was expecting a laugh from that, but that might be that might be a deep Yeah, it's deep too cut. deep. I mean, I understood that you were going for some sort of music reference. I just No. I just am not No, the three-fifths compromise? The <laughs> Are you going to mansplain to me right now? Uh-huh. This is uh, All right. It's oh, no. it's the good joke as long as you have to explain it. <laughs> right. Yeah, a friend of ours taught me that one. Yeah. Um Well, just just Google three three fifths compromise. Oh, you're not gonna get is is this too political? Um it's historical. Oh. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. So it's basically the southern United States um since a sizable portion of their population was slaves, um, yeah. they wanted to be, they wanted their population to be represented in the House of Representatives. Oh, and they get a three-fifths representation. Yeah, so for every five slaves, you get three... Oh, um, dear. You know, oof, represent... Oof, oof, oof. Yeah, no. Well, there's there's really no avoiding political talk uh, in this episode. This yeah. this is a, a deep. This is the core of this movie. Yeah. 
Um, so when the skeptical Helen calls Candyman five times in her mirror, she seals her fate and is led through a terrifying journey to discover the reality of Candyman. Of the Candyman. Candyman is impactful and multifaceted. Tony Todd as Candyman is an instant icon in horror with the great character design. It has a really unique silhouette and Tony's hypnotic disembodied baritone voice as the voice of Candyman is really, I mean, really just creates a great character. The casting of Tony Todd in this is... So, I mean, there's this is perfect casting. He's got some he's got an element of like real like g- grace and like tr- like real dignity, you know, that right. he carries with him everywhere and and his his attire is so it's it's scary, but it's also it's also like dignified and 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 makes him seem very um put together. He's right. not. He's not like a, a raggedy Freddy Krueger, or right. or some some like just kind of scary to be scary kind of guy like Jason. You know, like right. It's he's put together and an, and a, a unique full package character person. Right. Right. Um, there is an uneasy balance between Candyman being a sympathetic and seductive figure and that being the realization of some really deep-seated racist fears. Uh, while watching this, my wife pointed out, uh, some racist connotations in the plot, and my knee-jerk reaction was to defend the film and say she was grasping at straws. But yeah, as the yeah, film it, went on, there was actually a really compelling argument to be made for it relying on um, long-held racist stereotypes about the dangers of, of black men. Um, I'm not, you know, super qualified to talk about this, but there is a um, documentary on Shudder called uh, Horror Noir. Mm-hmm. Did you watch it? I didn't. I know it's, you did. It's fantastic. I highly recommend watching horror noir on on shutter anyways they talk about this film for a good you know 10 minute chunk here's some commentators in that documentary talking about Candyman. here again we have a movie that echoes what happened in king kong in the 30s there's this black boogeyman and he's in pursuit of this blonde white woman he becomes obsessed recirculating the same tropes I don't think that character would go after poor black people. Right. This is where you can tell that Candyman came from the mind of a white person. He chooses to haunt, to disrupt the lives of blacks in Chicago in the Cabrini Green projects. And really right across the tracks are essentially the representatives, the sort of the folks who would have been responsible, their ancestors for his lynching. He is a personification of racism in the United States, like what it looks like and what it can conjure, like all that negative energy. Like, what does it look like and what does it do? Keep away from me! Yeah, I was, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't sure where you were going with that, but to me, at the end of this movie, it felt like the movie itself was a kind of a monolith of racism in and of itself because it was because it felt tone deaf to the actual issues or 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 problems that the black community faces because it came from a white 
a bunch of white people. Right. And the the other and it feels that way. Yeah, I it mean it comes we'll, across that way to me. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about it more in detail in the spoiler section. Um that's the probably the first thing I want to talk about in the spoiler section, but it's worth noting that it's you can approach it from many different angles. It's yes. it's at once like a really great um you know, African American role and character in in popular cinema, but also it's like it's pretty proud problematic in terms of plot. And not only that, but I mean it's I mean, there's so many different ways you can come at this, just in terms of it just if you're just going to look at it in terms of it being a horror movie. It's solid. Right. And then also there's this weird like it, like you said, there's so many facets to this whole thing. The idea of like this really tackles the idea of a an urban legend. Mm-hmm. You know, this is yeah. this is like this fully fleshes out the idea of an urban legend. Right. And I remember this kind of shit in grade school. You know, making its rounds through the playground. You uh-huh. know, being like, oh, Bloody Mary or Candyman, or yeah. you say something in the mirror, and then you turn off the lights and you spin four times and. And and the effect that that those kinds of things these urban legends have on communities is real, you know, right to an extent. Well, especially on children, especially on children, and and it and it tackles specifically its effect on children in this yeah. movie. So, regardless of you know the problematic nature of the movie, yeah. I mean, it's not. I don't really want to focus that much on it. It is. In, it is one of the more interesting things to talk about. Yeah, but it's not like so problematic that you can't enjoy it yeah you know it's not, not it's not completely distracting um anyways regardless it's a it's a compelling gothic horror tale told well with the backdrop of the 90s urban chicago uh candy is an iconic monster and is one of the best horror movies on the topic of urgent urban legends that that I've come across this is this is my first time watching it too this is my first time watching it as well yeah i I didn't expect what it was. Um, I had I had I had very little knowledge prior to to this movie or watching this movie of of, of exactly what I didn't even know it was Clive Barker's deal. Yeah, you know, I only knew that it was like a Bloody Mary type of situation. Yes, yes, I, I knew that same thing. You know, and he had a hook. That's that's it. I, I was I've been reading some stuff about Clive Barker recently, just because it's been on the tips of people's tongues, and um, primarily on 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 horror subreddits right now. And some of the, I don't think he. I I don't. I'll I'll mirror, I'll mirror some of the things that I saw written, which is, I don't think he gets a fair shake in terms of being you know a, a unique horror. Uh, screenwriter because I mean all of his stuff is more uncomfortable to sit through than his competitors like Wes Craven or John Carpenter because there's an element of severe taboo in all of them yeah there's a real psychosexual nature yeah like ribboning throughout the plots of Clive Barker stuff. And I think there was a moment in this movie where he even said something that like one of the main lines in Hellraiser, which is your pain will be exquisite or something like right. that. He, I think he, I think Candyman said that to her when he was anyway. Um, I don't know that I enjoyed it to the level of an eight. It was, 
even though it came in at about an hour and 40 minutes, it felt a lot longer than that to me. And a lot of it was um, just kind of, there's a lot of show, you know, Mm -hmm. and not a lot of, uh, not a lot of actual action. And the, the scares just weren't, didn't affect me at all. The things that did affect me was the discomfort of the subject matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, you know, no one likes being uncomfortable. So I'd say I recognize this movie for what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as enjoying watching it, uh, the score I'm feeling right now is kind of like a low seven. Yeah. Maybe a high six or a low seven, something like that. Yeah, I gave it an eight. Um, I think it's a real strong movie. Um, taken within the context that this is a 90s yeah. horror movie, this is one of the strongest 90s horror movies, probably. There's some tremendous elements in it. There's, I mean, it's it's just, it, it doesn't hold up that well for me. Like, you know, like the bees, like just trying to think about how that was done is impressive. Like, yeah, he has a, a hive of bees leaving his mouth. Yeah. There's kind of a weird, yeah, there's a weird, um, perversion milieu of, of like ideas Yeah, for the character, like the bees and the, the honey, like just, I mean, it's part of the origin story, but it's like, but why feels like, wow, that's, you know, that's so extra. Yeah, you know, as the so kids would say, so extra. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, I really enjoyed it. I thought it, I thought it was really good, and I like the the mood of it, and I like the the pacing. I thought was really well. I I didn't like the pacing. It you didn't too, like the pacing? far too slow for me. But I'll see, give like see what I the like setting. I this is the, my perfect setting. Like the urban decay. Hmm. Like to like the I love the yeah the. Uh, this just everything about the backdrop of this movie is great. Right. I think And then obviously Candyman himself, Todd. Uh, what I really liked about it was the the first act where it's setting up and they really mm. take some time in telling the stories about you, like you don't yeah. witness that much, but you hear recountings of the tales of what the Candyman did to like actual people that people know. Right. So that really solidifies the idea of like folk tales and, and urban legends and kind of sets the tone for it. You know, I gotta, I gotta eat my own words here. Much like much, I just remembered much like the candy man enjoys candy <laughs> or honey or something to that nature. I have never seen such an array of perfectly exquisite tits <laughs> in a movie. The boobs in this movie. Yeah, there's some good boobs. <laughs> A plus. <laughs> Man, that that uh the last scene oh, with with oh, the oh, with the grad student. Oh, oh baby. Like, that was that was almost excessive. Ah, it's like can you And that's can, what Clive Barker does great. That's really where he's he's, yeah. he's good. I mean, he didn't direct this. No, but but you know he was part of he was <laughs> he was in there. Like, could we find a shirt that's more gossamer? I, like, <laughs> yeah, like uh, 
let's just take this. I don't know how he's so good at picking out the boobies because I think he's gay. I think Clive Barker's gay, but uh, but the Gossamer that brings it all back. It's like, can we get Gossamer in here? He would know what Gossamer is. Maybe okay. I right. don't. So, sure. Yeah. He's in, he's an Englishman, so yes. Right. Um, <laughs> Uh, all right, so let's get into the mid-roll. Um, as you know, Horror Movie Talk reviews new movies. Um, during coronavirus, this is pretty difficult because there's no theaters open. It's hard um, to do, let me tell you. Our favorite theaters are the small, privately owned ones in our community. There's a ton around the Portland area. And during this whole shutdown, all of these theaters are in serious jeopardy. I mean, they're already competing against huge corporations, um, and now they've had their legs swept out from under them with all the shutdowns. So please, during the shutdown, support your local theater. Just go on Google and, and look up what your independent local theater is nearest you, and go there to go to their website or go to their box office and buy some gift cards. Um, and tell them Horror Movie Talk sent you. And tell them Horror Movie Talk sent you. Um, just because uh, we want to make sure that the uh, theaters with actual personality are still around when yeah. we open back up. Um, please uh, check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash horror movie talk. And we've got a bunch of different tiers of all price levels. Um, probably our, our most popular perks is the Afterpod where we leave the mics running after the show and just shoot the shit on a whole nother podcast with uh, at least 50 or 60 episodes to date. Um, And, and, you know, I mean, this is a free, this is a free podcast that we produce and, uh, and any support that you can give us, um, means a lot to us. And, uh, and, you know, hopefully eventually we'll be able to quit our jobs and just, (laughs) just exist on uh on the on your mer- dime on the merits <laughs> on the merits of horror movie talk but right. until then we do need listener support right and i know you appreciate no no advertisements on the show right yeah um i can't promise that's gonna last forever but um you know just throw us throw us a couple ducats um some other yeah just check out the different tiers on there the different perks there might be something that you like um you can also support the podcast by buying or renting any movie or product on amazon uh, if you click through the green button in the header of our website that's horrormovietalk.com and i got i got something real quick you guys if you want uh, access to a bunch of free horror movies you should head on over to shutter.com that's s-h-u-d-d-e-r dot com and you know you get that gets you hmt at checkout gets you a 30-day free trial to shutter but you know if you want to help us out you stay on and pay them some money you know after the free trial because <laughs> they do keep track of that stuff so just saying you know maybe sign up for shutter pay and toss them a couple bucks mm-hmm. um yeah and especially on shutter they've got that that uh horror noir Noir doc that i just mentioned along with a ton of other great stuff but that horror noir doc is is great is a great watch especially after watching Candyman. um check out our resident artist dustin gobel he's a professional argus artist argus artist artiste Artiste. God damn it. Who fucks hard. How hard does he fuck? Very. He also takes commissions for artwork from HMT fans. So contact him on Instagram at D-G-O-E-B-E-L-0-0. 
dgobel 0 on Instagram. Make your artistic dreams dreams come true. Check out our new logo oh, man. for Horror Movie Talk, and you can just see what kind of kick-ass custom work Dude, he you just, can get. That was basically his first attempt at it, yeah. too. It wasn't like we were like, back to the drawing boards. Dustin came right out the gates with the fuck, the hardest fucking logo I've ever seen. It's two skulls back to back, married via. It's just it's just like how Bryson. This is the the visual representation of Bryson. My shared mm-hmm. minds. Um, and we'll be talking a little more about it later. Um, also, thanks again to Matthew Allen, Ma- Max, Max Allen. God, what is it, Max? Yes, it's Max Matthew. Was it Maxwell? He just yeah. changes Instagram. I know he, so. you can't do this, Max. Yeah. You got we've been we you got you got a bunch of you got many months of us plugging your Instagram and then you change it. So now all those back all those back advertisements are going. They're like, where's this guy? Where is he? So, <laughs> anyways, Max Allen he did our intro music, and so we're appreciative. Dude, him. the he, the kid just sent us a. Uh, I, kid, I don't, I don't know how old he is. He sent us a an outro music. I don't know. I don't think we have it queued up for the episode today. But man, it's that thing fucking slaps. He's mm-hmm. he's. If you're a podcaster and you're in need of someone to produce some music for you, Max can help you out. So let's. Uh, thanks again for listening, and let's get into spoilers. All right, so let's talk about, is Candyman racist? Yes. I mean, look, I'm I'm the most standoffish person when it comes to entering into these debates, because I I don't... Yeah, full disclosure, disclosure, we are two um, white cisgendered males... Yeah, I you know. I don't feel qualified, but I do watch this movie and it does make me go, that shit's racist. <laughs> this movie it feels is, racist it is, to me. It is very much like that black man wants to have sex with that white woman and she doesn't seem too keen about it. And it's like this mm, not great, like, is that supposed to be scary that like this black man is attracted to this white woman or, or I don't know. I don't know how to put it, but it's like, there's some deep seated. So he's got a backstory. How's his backstory? Go? Yeah. So the, the backstory is 1810. Was or, it 18? Or, I think it was 1890. Yeah. Sorry. There's... 1890. So post civil, post civil war America, it's in the North and Chicago. Um, Chi town, Chai, Chai town. Chi town, chi 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 chia, and he's the. <laughs> Could you tell that we're white? <laughs> chi 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 chia. Yeah. Well, oh yeah. So he's he's the son of a slave or yeah. grandson of a slave or yeah. whatever. But he's well educated. Um, he's very talented. He's a, a painter mm-hmm. um, who does portraiture. And he is commissioned to do a portrait for a wealthy landowner's daughter, yeah, um, who is white, and 
they fall in love and um, people find out about it because she gets pregnant mm. with his baby. And so what happens is the father isn't happy. And her father is her happy. father isn't happy. And he hires a bunch of hired goons to grab the man. Who is it? And goons. Who? Hired goons. And they rip him out from his house, um, take him down to the Rusty Hook store, I guess, and they saw off his his hand mm. with a rusty saw blade. And, and they take him to the apiary, which is not where apes are. are. Apparently, it's where bees are. Yeah. yeah. And then they smother him with honey and let the bees sting him to death. Is that how that works? Yeah, I don't I don't know. Do you put honey on you if you want to die by bee? I think that would be like more of an ant thing, but I don't know. Yeah, it seems like it. I'm not really a murderer, so I wouldn't know. So, I mean, that that's the story, which is like racism around like inner uh, interracial love. There's so much anger about it that it it caused this guy Right. To be murdered. And then they, they cremate him and then spread his ashes all over the Cabrini Green. Yeah. Which I guess area. is a section of yeah, a, Chicago. Yeah. So it feels like <laughs> once you get done with this movie, once once you're done with it and then, and then you start thinking about it, it feels like they, they thought or the writers, Clive, thought, well, the ends justifies the means which is to say the racist part of this movie was the lynching right and then everything else is justified within the movie right in the name of the first attempt because at he's he's seeking justice and right. so he's justified in some way but in but, in so doing he creates a racial stereotype right. to chase down white women <laughs> <laughs> And not only that, oh a, man, I, there was a, clip. a bunch of gang members who repeatedly assault her yeah. in in bathrooms and back alleys and stuff. Right, and just the fact that the and it's the like, black people in this movie were either very very aggressive or super passive. Yeah, like they're just there to listen. Yeah. to white lady explain things to them, <laughs> and then. And then the other thing is, like, they're all acted in one big swarm. Like, they're... A hive mind. Yeah. Like, they're like, oh, there's, there's this tribe that, like, all of a sudden this big swath of people, you know, lead out of this... Pro uh, out of these projects to go to um, her funeral. Or to go out and set fire to this, to this pile of rubble. It's extremely... It's I'm going to say the word problematic <laughs> because you have this girl who goes around basically flashing her badge of it's OK. I'm a, I'm a master student. I'm doing my thesis. I'm just here. I'm a smart person. And and then then she's doing this to all these these black people in a projects who are like oh is that supposed to make me stupid and it's like this is bad <laughs> i mean there there is like one kind of redeeming moment where the um the character played by vanessa williams the mother yeah you know she's kind of standoffish 
she's also kind of like super passive as as Helen is explaining what's going on. But like when she does talk, she's like, yeah, people just think we're a bunch of thugs and stuff in this project. Like, I'm just here trying to make a living. Basically, but she's the only one who's represented as not being a thug. Every every other yeah. character there and, is and, represented as being a thug. And also she's a single mother. So, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just rife with problematic issues. Yeah. Rife with. Problematic, problematic issues <laughs> so yeah i mean it's it's one of those things and, but on this on this horror noir documentary i know like um jordan peele was like he loved the fact that this movie was made because it opened his eyes to like hey that is someone that looks like me like that's something that we can do is be like a major horror villain. We can be a Freddy Krueger. Right. Like it's not anything that that releases some of the limitations of like just being a it still token comes black into friend. A, it or, still comes into being a weird area because it's like, oh, I can be the bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, well that's oh, hey, I can I can uh, be a threat to white women in that way. <laughs> oh my god! But. The the flip side of that exact same co- coin is, who is the person you would want to be in a horror movie? You would want to be the bad guy. The iconic, the, the bad guy is the one who people go to the movie for. Right. It's the reason people go to the movie. That or the final girl. Is, mm, Jaws, Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, Texas Chainsaw. Nobody's rooting for the girl. Everybody's rooting for the bad guy. So, anyways, that's kind of the the backdrop of it. You know, they were still racist back in the nineties. <laughs> Glad it's good that we've gotten over that. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> um, this would never get made today. Oh wait. Um, <laughs> uh, again, we we mentioned this is uh, a Clive Barker story. It's actually adapted from one of his short stories. That's completely different. It's set in liverpool and much more focused on like classism mm, than that makes sense and it's was adapted and directed by another englishman bernard rose um which adapted it to include you know some of these more racial um issues, issues problematic you issues. know and uh we're glad that we got another white guy explaining racism to us. So. Yeah, it's good. It's it's a good place to be, like we are right now. Right. Yeah. Right. Like the two of us are. Right. This is um. Whew. This is somewhat. This pr- is problematic. Very. Uh, let's move on. Um, <laughs> the the really interesting thing about this movie is the focus on how urban legends work or how folklore works and spreads Mm -hmm. and basing a villain on that it's not it's probably not the first one um it's probably not yeah maybe maybe not even the best one but to me it's like the one it's It's, a real standout yeah this is this is the movie that deals with urban legends like uh i mean i mean the candy man is kind of a the patron saint of urban legend horror movies which is like okay. So what was what was your experience as a, as a little kid? Did you how much of this kind of shit did you get exposed to in in in, in school? Did, and you went to public school your whole life, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so a I, bunch. Was a, I was a gifted white child, so I went to a private charter school. Oh yeah, that's right. Fuck you. 
um, so yeah, I mean, I heard all of it. It was is very much a part of the like sleepover experience. Mm. Is like sharing these stories and being like, you know what Bloody Mary is, and like, are you gonna say it into the mirror? And you're too scared to. Yeah, and uh, and so we knew that there was a lot of talk about this movie. Yeah, when when I was younger. Yep about that because <clears throat> it created that it created a new bloody mary for yeah. people which was Candyman. um i remember it being like thought of as like a pretty extreme movie but maybe that was just because we were younger and it felt very scary but there was, it was a significant horror movie when i was growing up yeah i same 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 the the I remember the energy that the kids that I knew that gave they the energy they gave to things like this was inordinate. It was extreme. And so it made for like this element of spookiness in your everyday life that was detached from like entertainment or anything like that. It was like, oh, this shit is real don't do this or do it. Like I dare you. And it, that's always how it came. Right. It was like, it's a dare thing. It's not only is it a dare thing. It's also a, a, almost a vicious dare. It was like, Oh yeah. Fuck you. Go ahead and say Candyman five times in the mirror. Turn the lights out. Say Candyman five times in the mirror. Like I remember, uh, like that was a thing. You go into the bathroom, you turn the lights out, you say it five times, you turn the lights on and then, is there something there or or like the Bloody Mary thing where it'd be like you would let your eyes do the um, your eyes in the dark did the work mm-hmm. of creating some some vision because you know how you're how you still have like tracers and stuff in your vision mm-hmm. after a couple seconds. And that was like, oh, my God, I see her. Do you see her? Yeah, I never did it. You never. I was did too it. scared. Wow! I, would, I never did it. I did it a lot. Um, I was just waiting for that sweet, sweet death, sweet embrace. <laughs> um, so it starts out with Helen. She's in. She's studying a uh, urban legends. Um, it, it opens with her taking like a recording of someone recounting a story about Candyman, and it's a couple sitting in front okay pause can we talk about how inconsistent the rules with Candyman are okay yeah i felt a lot of a lot of gremlins-esque rule-breaking baloney going on here yeah because it's like okay you say his name into the mirror five times while looking into the mirror right Mm, mm, mm. um so it opens with the boyfriend and girlfriend looking in the mirror and she dares him to say Candyman five times in front of the mirror. Yeah. And he's a badass and he gets up to four uh-huh. and she's like, no, I've never seen someone get past three. <laughs> and, uh, and she's like, she is just creaming her pants. And, uh, he's like, ah, okay, well I'm going to go downstairs. And so he goes downstairs and then she says Candyman Once. into once into the mirror to finish the five and then he instantly appears slashes her and like the blood pours out from the ceiling in the the living room below where the boyfriend's sitting so so yeah. his just his name 
Just being said. In general, being said in front of a mirror. So if you just happen to be talking it about... It sets up a weird precedent. Yeah. Right? I mean, if you, if you just randomly were talking about... Um, What's the amount of time that... Sammy needed- Davis Jr., you know, with like your friends. Uh-huh. Like every fifth person that mentions the Candyman is just going to get murdered. Right. Right. Like you don't it doesn't have to be in a row. It doesn't have to be the same person. It sets a weird precedent. It doesn't have to be in a row. It doesn't have to be the same person. Who knows how long the amount of time that needs to pass before it gets reset. Yeah. And like <laughs> and are you all on individual timers? <laughs> or is the timer universal for all of you? Is it you have to say it or you have to hear it being said? Right. So could you play a tape recorder if I... I mean, it's it's very problematic. (laughs) Yes, exactly. This is like, you know, at least in in Evil Dead 2, you get, uh, you know, you get an obvious representation. The the recording, uh, just the words being spoken aloud, either aloud or by recording, is enough to bring the Evil Dead upon you. But with Candyman, it's just anybody who says Candyman in front of a mirror... Up to f- and including five times. And then the, the other thing is, like, it happens instantly for her. He instantly shows up yes. behind her and rips her in half. With Helen, she says it all by herself in the mirror. Nothing happens. Yeah, it's like... For days. Well, what, what, could, what could be... You know what I think that is? It's that... You know what I think that is? It's just basically setting up a bunch of red herrings. Is, it's is no, it no. This is it's probably... Probably speaks to the Candyman himself, right? Which is his work ethic. Which is like, you know, as things oh, no. as things pop up, you know, you see, you know, as things pop up throughout your day while you're working, mm-hmm. there's some stuff that you're just like, I want to get this done out of the way right now because right. I don't care about this bitch. So she completes the fifth Candyman. He's like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do it now. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes there's ones where you're just dreading it and you let it go too long and you know you should have done it already. You know, you know you should have killed that bitch already. Right. But you but you're like, ah, there's a whole thing here. She's got nice tits. So so you kinda like put it off. You're like, I don't want to kill her yet. I kinda like looking at her through the mirror or whatever every time she walks in front of a mirror. So So maybe he lets it go too long. Maybe this is just like his work ethic is lacking. Or really good in ca- in the case of this other girl, the first girl who gets it real right. fast. He he just shows up and he's like, "Boom, you're dead. I'm out. I'm out. Right. We're done." Um, so <laughs> so Helen's uh, studying Candyman, and her gives a little bit of her backstory. She's married. Her husband's a professor, and apparently he's got like a kind of a. a it hints at him having an affair with one of his students yeah. pretty early on. Um, and that, as she's, as she's pulling down some major <laughs> pooty tang. Yeah. Who's, who's the actor? Oh, the dude. Yeah. He looks here, like, I have a hearing. I have it on the, Oh, paper. I have it. I have it too. Do you have it? I, uh, I, yeah, yeah. Xander, Xander Berkeley. Berkeley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Xander. What is What has he been in? Uh, let's see here. He has been. Oh, he was in Heat. Oh, yeah. Hang on. He was another like kind of a hole. Oh, he was in Terminator Two: Judgment Day, and Air Force One, and Shanghai Noon. Damn. What was he in T Two? What was he in T two? Oh, he was like, no, that's not right. Man, he's been in a ton of stuff. Yeah, he's he's a recognizable face. Um, wow. 
like, isn't Apollo 13? So, anywho, as she's studying and writing about this, she stumbles across more info on Candyman by talking to some of the the black janitors that were working in the university. He was Todd Voigt in, in Terminator 2, the dad, the, the, the abusive oh, dad. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and he had the, was he the one with the, had the, he got the, yeah, he got the, the finger through the head yeah. and the milk carton? Woofy's fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> Okay. So she finds out more. I like that I could tell who it was in the movie just by his name in the movie, Todd Voigt, because he's like, that's my, just my stepdad, Todd. <laughs> I remember that. Uh, okay. Um, so she just like stumbles across more info about Candyman that it, the 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 folklore around him is really still like alive and well in this one project. Yeah, Cabrini Green. And um, it, it uh, spurns her curiosity, and she goes and checks it out herself with her friend that she's doing the thesis with. Um, your next point. <laughs> it must be cold in the car. No, your next point is the the teal and purple gang. Oh, yeah, they go to the, <laughs> they go to the project's. With the teal and purple gang hanging around. It's a very 90s aesthetic in the uh, gang colors. Yeah, it's like the Miami Hornets colors. Yeah. Yeah. Do they still have those colors? I don't think they're still a team. Oh, I yeah, think they're, they're the Miami Heat now. That's right. Um, I'm so never heard of them. <laughs> um, another thing about appearances... Virginia Madsen looks a lot like Gillian Anderson in this movie. Did did you do a double take with that? Oh at all? yeah, oh yeah, yeah. She, Strong Gillian Anderson vibes. Yeah, and very similar boobies. Yeah. <laughs> um, have you seen? Um, Apparently, the Hornets are still a team. I don't. I'm so bad at sport ball. I don't know anything. What? Um, what was I going to say? Jillian Anderson. What was that? What was that series with Jillian Anderson where she's like an English detective? Oh, X Files. No, X Files. <laughs> it's recent. It's like the something. Yeah, the fall. Did you see the fall? No. Watch the fall. Oh, why? Absolutely, it's great, and just uh, really reminded me why I had just the largest crush on Jillian Anderson. And I'm pretty sure you kind of see some of her boobies. She's so pretty. She's, she's so awesome. Awesome. It's she's awesome. awesome. She's awesome. You remember that part? <laughs> you remember that part? Remember when you're, you remember in X-Files when you're playing Dan Scully and you're doing an autopsy? And did you, you remember when in the X-Files you were Dana Scully and you, you, you got cocooned by those things in the forest? That was awesome. <laughs> my, one of my favorite Dana Scully moments is when she's doing an autopsy and she's, she's describing into the tape recorder the contents of the, the guy's stomach. And he's like, you know, he's had, it looks like he's got, you know, some dinner, like looks like pepperoni pizza. Uh, pepperonis and cheese. She's like, and she takes a beat. She's like, pepperoni pizza. 
You just realize that she's like exhausted and she's like, that sounds pretty good right that now. Sounds all right. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe she, I should take a take a pause and... she has that she has that vacant and I don't need you vibe that just sends ch- chills right up my dick. <laughs> she's just like, I don't care about you and I'm like, Oh my god. Um so as she's studying this Helen um, has a dinner with her husband with a snooty folklore expert. <laughs> he was the casting in this movie was spectacular, like from top to bottom. Yeah, the well cast snooty folklore expert was played by someone Culkin. He looks like one of the guys from Top Gear. Yeah, 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 yeah kind of like that. Yeah. Um. Anyways, he gives the full backstory we already described of the of being uh, murdered. For yeah. getting a white woman impregnated. Um, she, you know, goes back and in, investigates more. She finds, like, the... Very nice. The uh, apartment where she heard a story of someone getting killed by him, Candyman, recently. <clears throat> I never really go into detail of why they call him Candyman. No. And the, she it, finds, like, it, some candy with razors in it. Yeah, she goes... So then she goes to Cabrini Green. She goes into the projects. Uh, she's stopped by some... The e- teal and purple gang. E- urban, violent urban youth who uh, prevent her from going into the building and then reluctantly allow her because apparently she's a student and they respect that. Um, but, so she heads into the building and she 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 finds basically Candyman's lair. Uh, yeah. In in like she climbs through all these holes in the walls and really uh, dilapidated, like completely coming ev- apart. Everything level dilapidation. Yeah. Everything's got graffiti on it. And she stumbles upon his lair where the, the and this is the only reference to candy really in the whole movie, apart from them saying candy over and over again or sweets to the sweet. Yeah. Is, uh, you know, she finds a bunch of candy sitting there on the ground and it's and she opens it and it's got razor blades in it. Yeah. Like it's going to hurt the kids. Is this where the razor blade idea came from? No. It came from real life, didn't it? Somebody found it. Supposedly. I mean, it's I can't I don't know if it's an urban legend or not. It was always about, like, caramel apples. Oh, yeah. I guess you could probably... Ooh, Jesus, God. Yeah, because you really got to chomp into one of them. Um, but, yeah, I've, I've, I heard about, like, you unwrap all candy because you don't know what's actually in there. It seems r- ridiculous. So she's investigating. She comes across another little boy and asks him about Candyman, and he tells her a tale of this younger boy. I can't remember if he was mentally challenged or not the boy in the yeah, story she said he was retarded yeah or he he said the little boy goes you know retarded yeah and, <laughs> and he was i wish you'd have got that this little <laughs> this little boy wandered off from his mother to go to the bathroom and then they heard him screaming and went in and he had been castrated by Candyman, and his penis was found in the toilet can't put that back and she's better off being dead. The quote was founded in the toilet. Can't fix that. Better off dead. Um, which is another. Oh, yeah. That was another like problematic idea of like kind of a the history of castration of black people in the U.S. That's not too pretty. Oh. Anyways. Um, so. 
she follows that and she goes in the the bathroom to check it out and on the on the walls and poop there's written sweets to the sweet which is a common reoccurring in, phrase which apparently is from hamlet in poop in poop my daughter ate some poop is poop this poop again. this last week she ate it she she pooped on the ground she was walking around outside on our back patio she pooped on the ground and I didn't like I didn't catch it fast enough. I didn't even see it happen. She turns around, takes a scoop, throws it in her mouth, and then when I catch it is when I hear this. Jesus! <laughs> she throws up this poop. I was like, "Oh my god! Oh my god! It's poop! It's poop! She ate her poop!" And uh, yeah, and but you know, she her body did its job. She threw it up. <laughs> It's poop again. And uh, yeah, you'll all be happy to hear that despite me being a terrible parent, she's all right. Um, but I would like to come out with stink like that. Poop. Poop mouth. Poop out of your mouth. <laughs> well done. The uh, This brings up this scene was so gross. There was this bathroom was nasty. Yeah. And there was sweets for the sweet written in poop on the walls. Yeah, and Bryce, then, yeah. It's time to do it. It's time to talk about the thing we keep forgetting to talk about. This is the perfect segue oh, yeah. for the drain addict. Oh, Listen. We've talked about it in the afterpod before. We are the biggest fans of this YouTube channel. And David we has need- made its made his mission to spread the word about drain addicts. Listen, people. Listen. You need to go support this YouTube channel called Drain Addict. This is an Australian man who is just earning he's, a living. He's a plumber. Off of a, a plumber who specializes in block drains. <laughs> and he's got some great drops that he throws into all his videos. I, it's hard to tell. It's, yeah, you have to watch one of the videos and then you realize like, wow, this guy is like, he gets it. He's meta. He exactly understands how th- this whole thing works. It's, it's not like it's not like your uncle that's kind of like no. out of it that doesn't realize what he's doing is funny or like this guy or interesting. is very self-aware and very uh very meta in and, a very subtle way and too. And what a showman. Yeah. What a beautiful showman and let me describe this is going to sound disgusting but he goes around and he unclogs poop drains so a lot of the drains in australia very different than the setup we got here they uh they have a clay uh drain pipes and so like tree roots can get in there they can get clogged up you know i don't i can't remember the last time any anybody i've known has had a drain that's backed up to the extent or the in the fashion that these are backed up right basically with gigantic wads of shit (laughs) so as uh, here's the thing david sent me this video and it is one of finally talking about it's one of the best videos i've ever seen on the internet (laughs) Just absolutely. Do you remember like, what number it was? So all his it, videos are numbered. I'm pretty sure it's 402. Block drain number 402. Check it out. And on Drain Attic. It's, he goes, and it's like an open sewer thing. It's like a full on like manhole yeah. is open. And there's cockroaches everywhere. Cockroaches everywhere. He, wa- 
<laughs> he walks up and he's got this great walk because it's shown first person for him because he's got a camera on his chest or camera on his helmet or something. Yeah, he's got a GoPro with him. And he's walking and then he swings his arm like a first person shooter. Yeah. Just kind of a weird gait. Yeah. It's like, huh? They love the arms. <laughs> we got to get drops of this guy yeah. on the show is what we got to do. They love the arms. And then he, he walks up and he sees like a horrific, <laughs> horrific showing of just utter like caked, impacted shit in this he's drain. In, he's in shorts and, and short sleeve shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got these little fucking gloves on. Like the tips of his fingers are covered. <laughs> and then he looks at it and goes, block drain. <laughs> and then he just proceeds to spray it with water until it goes away. <laughs> it's like... I, I'm giddy thinking about this. And, oh, man. And then <sighs> it has this release eventually where he, like, unblocks it. And then this gigantic, like, Slew. onslaught Ugh. of backed up water and... And sewage to where <laughs> it's like a full show because it goes from like being an impacted like giant like like snake yeah of shit a shit snake and it's so it's so like abstract that you it's almost like you think of it as dirt yeah it's... it looks like well at this point it's so decomposed and stuff that it's just dirt mm-hmm. and then the onslaught of sewage comes through and it's undeniable. You're like, that's a log. (laughs) There's some corn. That's a log of shit. (laughs) There's some toilet paper. Yeah. Oh, look, there's, there's a, someone threw in a maxi pad in there. That was one of the reasons why it's clocked. Right. Yeah. It's, and the, if, if there's any like pimple popper, uh, people out there. It's a great companion to pimple popper videos. This is right up your alley. It's cause there's that build up and then the release. And and the relief afterwards, you go ah, that drain is empty. Yeah, that thing's running good. And then he'll go back to the to the to the house, and he'll be like, "Can you run your tap and flush your flush the loo?" And then they do, and he's like, "There it goes." And these big clogs of shit will just. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got he's oh man. My point is, listen to me, people. Support drain addict. Tell him horror movie talk sent you. I want. I need to get Drain Attic on our show. It's this is David's mission for some reason. I need to talk to this man. Has nothing to do with horror movies, but there's a, there's a real horror show on. His, there is a real on his episodes. On yes, there. this is adjacent. Anyways, so she, <laughs> back to Candyman. <laughs> she's oh, well, in, you know she's in this bathroom. And then a new gang of black men come in, and one is wearing, like, a trench coat a la Candyman, and he's holding, he's a, like, a, a meat hook. He's a Candyman impersonator. Yeah, he's a false Candyman. Uh, well, you found him. You found Candyman. I'm him, bitch. Yeah. And so they attack her and beat the shit out of her. And so it's it's like a... It's a red herring because... I mean, not really for the, the movie viewer, but for her, in that... You can just say, oh, it's that guy. Yeah. That guy has been killing people. Yeah. You know, um, because people around here have been seeing, like, literally Candyman. And he's saying that he's Candyman. And uh, it turns out it's not true. 
Candyman is real because mm-hmm. he appears to Helen and um, kind of hypnotizes her in this parking lot and yeah. is like, be my next victim and is kind of seductive. It's it's almost like a Dracula. It's a character. very Dracula thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. It's it's like this ongoing long term seduction. And the, actually, I like like having read nothing about Candyman and having never seen it before. Um, that's the, really the most perfect, uh, um, parallel to draw here is mm-hmm. Candyman is basically Blackula. <laughs> I'm dead serious. Like this, I mean, there's a part of that that's a joke in me saying Blackula, but he is, he is Dracula. Um, because Dracula can dispense of people like that. And he does all the time, you know, but there's some people who, for some reason he becomes infatuated with, and he's like, spend the rest of eternity with me. And that's exactly what Candyman says to her. Right. And she won't give in to him. So instead he frames her for murder. Um, over and over, over and over (laughs) until she's like seen as insane, you know, rightly so. Right. Because of the murder. Because of the murder. (laughs) And uh, Vanessa Williams' baby is stolen. You know, it's implied that Helen did it. Um, I know I'm kind of racing through the, you know, full last Run half, of, full last half of the movie. But basically, Helen is is framed for murder. Her life is ruined, and Candyman is trying to just get her to give in. Yeah, just give in. And and the and the idea behind the give in or his ask to her is like, hey. Go down in history with me. Like, you don't get it. Being a being an urban legend is fucking great. It's like being a god. Because these people worship you. You get you have a, uh, a congregation a congregation of people who will talk about you in hushed tones. You're the thing that makes passion in relationships more passionate because there's something to lose. Right. And there's definitely part of it where he can only survive as long as people Right. Are talking about him and fearing and him. And believe in him. Right. Because there's a line where he says something, you know, to live in others' dreams but not be. Something like that. Yeah. And, and the whole time she's just like. Yeah, she's she's not having any part of it most of the time. Um. So, and then even when she's in like an insane asylum. Like, he appears to her, and she's like, he's right here. And then they check the surveillance video, and he's not. Yeah. It's like, well, fuck. And then one of the best scenes in the movie is she's being interviewed by the psychiatrist in his office while she's strapped down. Yeah. Candyman appears behind the psychiatrist. Hooks the fuck out of that psychiatrist. Yeah. And and then, like, it's like... Hold on, an invisible rope through the window. Yeah, it's it's like a great exit. You know, the more I'm thinking about this, he is actually Dracula. The yeah. the mirror thing, right? Like the knots being seen on camera thing. Like it's all just Dracula. Hmm. It's like the urban then, legend of Dracula. Yeah, even the uh, the lighting when it lights her eyes. That's very. That's yeah. straight from like 1930s Dracula or like Morticia <laughs> Adams. Yeah, in uh, the Adams family. Um, yeah, lots of cool stuff. And then the village people coming together and burning them. Yeah. Holy shit. Holy shit. We it's just cracked Dracula. the code. Um, well, wait, isn't that, 
Frankenstein? I don't know. Anyways, it's a lot of gothic horror stuff mixed in. It's like a gothic horror gumbo. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) That's racist, for sure. That's definitely racist. Um, So the ending is um, she follows him, finds where he... has taken the baby and let's just this baby like like i feel like we're not doing justice to this poor baby that's the part of the reason that this movie is almost unbearable to watch again for me is because this baby is just constantly in these very horrific settings like just alone and crying and it's 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 extremely upsetting to me it does yeah it makes me not want to watch the movie because it's so it's so gross that this little baby is being kept cacked captive by this by this monster yeah and it's a little questionable how long this baby could actually survive because yeah, it's been weeks it shows it's been over a month you, a baby can only survive on candy and razor blades for so long <laughs> it shows Candyman feeding the baby honey which you know is not healthy for babies they um, can't take the honey their little system can't do it they but they it's been over a month because when she's in the psychi- uh, the psychiatric hospital, they they tell Helen that she's been sedated for over a month. So that's just that's uh, well. Anyways, anyways, the baby survives. Um, they <laughs> anyway, the baby survives. They she finds Candyman, and then Candyman like disappears with the baby and t- and puts him inside a big pile of rubble and then Helen climbs into it and then the angry town and angry projects villagers burn the rubble and she saves the baby but dies herself. And see this is this is the part where I really felt full on I was like, "Oh, this is definitely racist." Because it was like the black people had turned against her because of, you know, her apparently racist or openly violent actions towards their community like she had been framed for murder and uh and so to them they believed she was a murderer but in reality she was their savior because she saved the baby from the flames and and uh, lost her own life in the process and simultaneously saved them from the terror of the candy man it's a very problematic thing um okay so that was oh man this is gonna be a long episode yeah this is uh that is candy man what what are your final recommendations um this is this is an important piece of first of all uh uh black history in horror and then also just horror in general uh he's a great monster he's it's a great character it's a good monster it's a i mean like i said i don't think we spent enough time really talking about um uh what's his name todd um tony todd tony todd uh because he does an excellent job in this movie of really being a unique but but well-known urban legend bad guy uh and uh I'd say it's worth it's if you got Netflix it you can watch it and it's yeah. it's not a bad movie it's a it's a good movie and also Candyman 2020 you know that's going to that's going to be a good fucking movie yeah. it's going to be a movie that everyone's going to talk about good or bad or however you feel about it so you should probably do your homework and just give it a watch yeah agreed oh yeah I forgot to mention a little bit of trivia Tony Todd 
negotiate into his contract because he saw that he was going to be covered in bees. Oh. He negotiated into his contract that if he got stung, he would get $1,000 per sting. Ooh. And he got stung, like, a lot. Wow. <laughs> so he made out okay. Can you um, imagine how unbearable that person would be to work with while they're being stung? I got stung again. I got stung again. I'd write it down. <laughs> That's 67 $67,000 we got to pay this guy. Covering them bees. Yeah. So check out Candyman on Netflix as long as it's streaming. Um, so let's move on. Let's talk about our new logo. New branding. Oh, okay. Yeah. Let's let's indeed. It's pretty badass. It's yeah. Pretty, it's, and, and we got the full package from Dustin. Like, he left... Uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with how branding works, or at least logos... Um, it, there's a lot of different formats and sizes that you need these things in. Well, also, like, just the process of doing so many revisions, um, revisions and being patient and with examples us. And examples. Yeah, he was, he was great. So, you know, it started out, our original logo was done by me. I bought, like, a stock image off of iStock of the skull with headphones on. Yeah. Just copy-pasted it twice and then added a speech bubble. Yeah. <clears throat> with some drippy lettering. And, I mean, I thought, I mean, it was... It served us well for two years almost. I liked it because I made it, but um, it's definitely, you're not supposed to use clip the the, uh, hey, the stuff that... <laughs> so I knew that we needed to redo the logo. <laughs> the French. And David was never a huge fan of the logo, mostly because... The the drippy lettering is pretty played out in horror movie podcasts. I wouldn't say I disliked it. It's just, um, yeah, I'm not the drippy letter fan. Yeah, it could be better. Yeah. Um, so Dustin sent us a couple um, concepts. And the first one was like just the obvious great one. Yeah, he, he nailed it right off the bat. Which is the two skulls like back to back attached um and like kind of conjoined with the headphones with the speech bubble probably the longest thing that we discussed oh yeah was the font, the font. oh my god cuz we didn't want it to be like hokey overtly horrory right it, we we it, like it's got to take a nod to you you guys if you have not delved into the catacombs of fonts that exist in the world it's never ending you can die down there like they do in as above so below and it's so like the differences are so slight but it does make a difference significant each time you're like mm, i don't like the r's yeah so i mean we wanted it more readable at small sizes um we wanted it to be a little more blocky um, without being like, um, you know, your generic Arial or Helvetica yeah. font. Um, so we finally settled on a font called Stupid Head. Stupid Head. Yeah. Which is kind of a comic book um, sound effects thing. It's like what we, you would see. Um, but it also has like uh, undertones of like classic cinema. Uh, or horror. Yeah, like Three Stooges type. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's uh, kind of against type, but it, it, it kind of communicates the humor aspects of it. Whimsical. <laughs> Whimsical. You know? Yeah, this is, 
this is this is a little heady. This is so this this shows you how much we are enjoying the smell of our own farts. Oh my! While creating uh. this logo, no one cares about this about us, but we are a huge fan. We, and it's received like I mean, every comment that we received, they really like it. They think it's pretty badass. And it Except is. for Jerry. Jerry came in. He was like, "What the fuck is this bullshit?" And I go, "Jerry, you shut up. You shut your fucking mouth. Get out of here with that." I, bl- I blocked him from the page. <laughs> I swear to God. Okay. Fuck that guy. Um, so moving on, we're going to play a new game. This is called Don't Blank on the Blank. Okay. Okay. So we're horror experts. And one of the things about the genre is there's a lot of two-word titles yeah. where it's just the and then something. Right. The Exorcist. The Fly. The... Um, ring the right whatever there's just so many it's hard to keep track of but we keep track of them and so what we're going to do is we're going to play a game i'm going to we're going to alternate we and we are horror experts right right? so we we know these movies um he has a phd in spookology yeah um so i've got five in case we need a tiebreaker yeah but I'm going to read one to you, and okay. what you're going to do is you're going to tell us the plot. Okay. And um, you'll get a point for every every um, major plot point. major plot point in the setup. Mm. Like what's the what's the like what's what's the major thing? So like if it was The Exorcist, it would be like you know a little girl gets possessed by an ancient demon and her mother doesn't understand what's going on she right. calls so in the like, exorcist you have possession you have little girl and uh-huh. you have um you know an exorcist right? right you have and then a and then an exorcism takes place so those right. would be the major plot points right. that that you got to get yeah and um okay so we'll do that and every major plot point that matches with the actual you know plot I mean, i'm sure we'll get all of them yeah um you'll get a point okay Okay, first up, from 2012, really recent, The Apparition. Oh, okay. Do you have this, do you have the, um, do you have the description pulled up in front of you so you can kind of keep track of whether or not I'm, I'm doing this well or Uh anything like that? Yeah. Okay. Okay, so, yeah, The Apparition from 2012. I, I am a horror expert. I can't say I actually know this movie no you're not oh i do okay i know i you're right i of course i've seen this the apparition so this is a this starts in the desert okay okay and um and and there's a caravan moving through the desert and as you know as they're working their way through they keep seeing something on the horizon and it's like it's kind of like a mirage, and so Ooh, they go, "Oh, this yeah, is yeah, yeah. this is a mirage." Oh, well, that's obviously a mirage. It's an, but in reality, in reality, they're being fooled, you know. And it's actually an apparition that keeps showing up ahead of them and mm. guiding them towards an oasis that ends up like, and then they get there. And everything in the oasis, like they, and it's beautiful, and you know, it's got a bunch of palm fronds and water, and you know, at this point, they're running low on supplies, so this is like a really a savior moment. But as it turns out, the whole thing is an apparition, and 
and like the water that they were, thought they were drinking was like was stagnant and disgusting and the and the dates they were eating were actually just piles of shit and this so that's kind of and then and then like the apparitions come and they take them over mm, mm. the apparition so it's like ghosts yeah 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 okay like desert ghosts um not even close oh wait the none of the points none of it so the storyline for the apparition from imdb says when frightening events start to occur in their home young couple in kelly their home yeah in their home kelly and ben discover they're being haunted by a presence that was accidentally conjured during a university university parapsychology experiment the horrifying apparition feeds on their fear and torments them no matter where they try to run, the last hope is an expert in the supernatural, but even with his help, they may be too late. I mean, I, I feel like I got s- some of those kind of close. Um, okay, I'll give you half a point. Oh, thank God. All right, you, you pick one for me to do. Okay, let me just bring it up here. Okay, so we have... The Fury from 1978. So you have to give me the synopsis, probably briefer than me, uh, of The Fury. Or, I mean, you can go full hog if you want, you know. Uh, So The Fury, this is, what year is it from? Yeah, this is 1978. So this is right around the time of Alien. Okay. So this is... Kind of a proto-zombie movie, mm-hmm. like where there's a disease that creates a, you know, a fury among the infected, and they just attack anything that's close and start ripping up and demolishing everything around them. It's starring Dennis Hoffman. Wow. Not Dennis Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman. Dustin, right, yeah. Dennis Hoffman. Dennis Larry Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> Dustin Hoffman as uh, the scientist that's trying to investigate a cure. Um, but his son gets infected, which is played by a very young Corbin Burnson. Oh. <laughs> wow. And, uh, and then, you know... His son gets infected and, and the stakes are raised, but he's not able to save him. And then eventually the entire world is infected by the fury and um, Dustin Hoffman gives in. Wow. So you so you kind of supposing this is like a proto 28 days later. Yes. Kind of. Yes. Like, yeah. the, like the it's like the unsung like inspiration right. for 28 days yeah. later. Yeah. OK. So unfortunately, that's that's 100 percent wrong. That's I mean. Okay, so here here's the quick synopsis. A former CIA agent uses the talents of a young psychic to help retrieve his telekinetic son from terrorists who use his mental powers for evil. And this stars Kirk Douglas, John Cassavetes, and Carrie Snodgrass. So, so I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I think you might have gotten it confused with. Maybe a different. Okay. Well, the, I mean, these are tough, but we are, I hold out hope for the rest of these. Oh, the one I was thinking about is the flurry. The flurry. That, well, I might've mispronounced it. Um, anyways. Okay. Let's, uh, go on to the next one. This is apropos. Mm. 
okay. the day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my name's David Day. Uh, obviously, I I have Google Alerts set up for everything, you know, with my name in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, as as you do. Um, what, All right, what's the movie about? What, though, David? what year? What year was this? This was 2011. Ooh, oh, pretty pretty recent. Okay, so the day is is a is it's a trick, right? Because it's it's got you thinking. It's got you thinking about the daytime with the title, but in reality, it's it's a land of constant night, and there and uh, and and our our cast uh, is. There, which oh, it's got Vin Diesel in it, right? It does. It has Vin Diesel in it, and he's constantly talking about what it was like in the day. But none of the other characters—they were all born in the night because on this on this planet that it's the 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 uh, the, the day night cycles take like ten years, mm. or maybe it's like twenty years. I can't really remember. It's been a while. So. Yeah. So he's constantly talking about, and there's all these monsters that come in, uh-huh. these like alien uh-huh. monsters, and they only come in in the dark. Oh, I think I've seen this. Yeah, and and then and they attack while it's dark, so they're waiting for the daytime. It's like they're, it's like they're. Um, so for ten years, the monsters are attacking. Like, Why would they live there? Well, I mean, it's just uh, it's they like I think maybe they, they crash landed or something oh, okay. like that. Right. I can't really remember. But I think I got enough points in that synopsis to kind of like, yeah. Wrong. A group of five people working to stay alive in a post-apocalyptic future. You know, future. You get a point. Okay. That's a full point. Um, Discover what they think is a safe, abandoned farmhouse, but they soon find themselves fighting to stay alive as a gang of bloodthirsty predators attack. That's two points. Bloodthirsty predators. Yeah. It's pretty good. I'm telling you, I am a horror Pretty good. Expert. Wow. All right, you you pick one. Okay. Um. <laughs> maybe I can maybe I can claw back some points. Okay, let's see here. We got from uh, just you can m- pick either one of the two. You know, you don't have to go. In oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Maybe I'll. Okay, then maybe not this one. Maybe I'll pick this. One. Okay. How about from 2011, The Taint? The Taint. Yes. This is a great one. Follows kind of the idea of teeth. Right. Where it has the vagina that with teeth. That vagina eats, dentata. Vagina dentata. That, that eats people. Right. This is The Taint, mm. which, you know, also called the gooch. Next it's door that, neighbor to the vagina. It's that part between, like, your ball sack and your anus. Or the, or the, or the, the bottom of the vagina and the anus. Yeah. That, like, ridge. Yeah. That's the taint. This um, tells the story of, what is this, 2011? Yes. So this is a, you know, Elijah Wood. This must be like mid Lord of the Rings or right after? No, this would be well after Lord Well of after? Okay. Yeah. I, I can't get my timeline right. So yeah, the, this is like the first big movie that he had after Lord of the Rings. Um, okay. A lot of people look over, but Elijah Wood, he is uh, clambering through his uh, grandfather's basement, and he finds an ancient tome, the Necrotanticon. <laughs> wow! It's bound in the uh, ancient 
taint skins of those who have gone before him. <laughs> Can you imagine what that book would look like? Uh, his, 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 his grandfather, by the way, is played by uh, Ian McKellen. Wow. So, like Lord of the Rings 2. Yeah. That would be the most sensitive book ever. Yeah. <laughs> you just really like to, you know, rub your fingers over that spine. Oh. <laughs> the spine of that taint. And he, he opens it, and there's a lot of, like, you know, scrawled in blood, question mark? Mm. Uh, <laughs> warnings not mm. to read. Mm. The words, but he does, of course, and mm-hmm. then it, um, an ancient evil infects his taint, and all of a sudden it's a gaping maw, and every time he falls asleep, um, it takes over his body, and he's like running on all fours except a, I backwards. Feel, I feel like you're so, padding this a lot. No, this is what the movie is. Okay, all right. so he's running on all fours. Like backwards, so you get the full taint exposure. You know, he's like straight legging it, right? Running backwards, and then it just attacks all of his neighbors. And there's a big mystery. And then eventually, (laughs) Elijah Wood like figures out what's going on. And you're really throwing the kitchen sink at this one. And then he 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 defeats the ancient evil. Okay, let's. Here's the actual summary from uh, the the plot of of the taint from 2011, which is a real movie. Okay. The well, wa- okay. Uh, yeah, know. Yeah. I know. Okay. I know. The water is tainted. The taint poisons the minds of men. Oh. I'd say you yeah, got that. like a one. I'd say you got yeah. that right. It got into kind of Elijah's head. Kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, so that's one point. It turns them into raging misogynists, monsters who want nothing more than to crush women's heads with rocks or other objects, in parentheses. Hmm. Mm. It's pretty specific. When society is transformed into a land of sadistic violence and horrible brutality, it is up to Phil O'Ginny and his hot friend, Missandra, to combat the horrible evil that is the taint. Can they survive a world brimming with castration and endless head crushing? Question mark, exclamation point. Hmm. I'm comfortable giving you a point and a half with this. Because you did mention violence. Yeah. And there is definitely violence in this movie as well. Yeah. So that... From possession and... Yeah. Right. But nevertheless, I think I, I did pull ahead. Yeah. I, I think, think you, I got you two won and a half game. points versus your two. And that was or don't blank on the blank. blank. On the blank. Uh, okay. Lastly, we'll do some... It came from social media... Yes, it came from social media. To fill the world with terror. To bring you unforgettable suspense. <coughs> what was it? Where did it come from? Who were the all-powerful creatures it brought from social media? And what did they want on Earth? Came from social media is where we read comments from listeners like you. Um, or questions and um, from across the span of our social media accounts. Starting out with Reddit... This week, we do have a subreddit r slash horror movie talk. Check it out. Yep. Uh, Andrew the Roberts, user Andrew the Roberts on Reddit, said, Great show, guys. This is in regard to Evil Dead. Yeah, too. Evil Dead 2. He says, I've listened to a lot of episodes and it's really good and funny. I expected it to be a typical new show that was horrible audio and structure, but you guys 
blew all that away. The sound is <laughs> the sound is great. So he's like telling us like giving us compliments about the show. And I've I was asking him, um, you know, how he found us and what the process was for that. And he basically gives the outline of my wet dream of how people discover us yeah. and their decision making. And I don't know. Well, I like it that I can read Andrew saying it, so I don't have to shit on right. other podcasts. Right. Yeah. Um, but he said, I found you guys online, actually. I wanted a podcast that focused on the movies in the horror genre, because I found that if the show does multiple topics, then some material doesn't get the time it deserves. And I've tried people like The Amazing Nerd, Nerd Show yeah. and Nightmare on Film Street. But those guys just weren't all that great. The Amazing Nerd Show had sound issues, and Nightmare on Film Street was super extra and cringy <laughs> in their approach to comedy. So I decided to look up some new pods, and y'all were the first hit. thought to myself, I love the art. I'll try this one. I'm sure he loves the art even more now. And honestly, oh yeah, the the art, he's talking about the post art yeah, by Dustin, which is awesome. Yeah, And... Um, and honestly, it blew me away. Normally, other new ones or new to me podcasts I try tend to be try too hard or have awful sound. But again, y'all killed it. I listened to the episode on Hereditary, and which is one of my personal favorites. And I loved it. So basically, I've added this to my as my number two on my podcast list for work. So shooting for number one. Shooting for that number one spot. Andrew, but yeah, this, I mean... Yeah, I, we 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 looked at some of the other horror movie podcasts. I'm sure some of our listeners listen to them too and and like them, but felt that there was a opportunity, yeah, to like have more of a formatted or structured show, yeah, more radio like, which wasn't so cutesy and cringy. Yeah, to me a lot of a lot of those a lot of what's out there right now or especially when we started, maybe not so much now, is really pandering. It felt pandering to me when I listened to it. Yeah. It felt like it was trying way too hard. Super look, extra. Guys, I got my got look at my latest tat of Jason and uh let's uh Let's have these. I don't know. Yeah, it's if I get a very... if I get a tattoo because of this show, it's gonna be it's gonna be like Jason Bateman saying, "Don't just stare at it, eat it," and it's gonna be pointing my butthole. <laughs> Whoa! Did we did we just come up with a, a tattoo for me? Jesus. Hang on. <laughs> Write that down. Hang on, I got to uh... <laughs> Sabrina, don't just stare at it, eat it. I'm gonna just. I'm gonna. Oh man, that would be great to have it be so specific that it says Sabrina. Don't just stare at it, eat it. <laughs> and then someone's gonna be like, "Who's Sabrina?" And I'm be like, uh, "We need to sit down and watch a movie." And then when he says it, I'm gonna point to my asshole. Uh huh. Um. So feeling pretty good about the discovery by Andrew. Andrew and then, the Roberts, we love you, man. Thank you so much for reaching out to us. And then, mm. not to disparage Andrew, but. You're going to do to Andrew what you did to our guy from Southie? Maybe. Oh, so, you son of a bitch. Andrew, he, he said, I do have one question. Those ads that you guys have at the beginning of your podcast, are they completely satirical or made up and made up? Or are they real and y'all add some funny ad lib to it? Which is 
What? An interesting question. Why? I mean, uh, is it not clear? Is I'm confused what you're asking right now. So, <laughs> is it? Are they real or fake, David? I mean, I think it's pretty obvious. Anyways, I think it, I think it's pretty obviously real. Isn't? I mean, isn't that? Well, I told Andrew that they're fake. I've been receiving, I've been feverishly mailing every single, like S-Mart, you don't have any idea how long it took me to nail down S-Mart for Um, our last episode. I asked Andrew what... I feel like you're gleaming over this a little bit. What ad do you think... Have you not been mailing the people who... This the whole point is to secure sponsorship, Bryce. Uh I asked him what ad do you think sounds like a real thing and he said i thought the one about the lady virginity and the ether wipes were real but then the one episode you elaborated the ether wipes saying that they would put you to sleep and sold on dot onion and then i knew that one was fake but yeah i totally thought some were real because are I'm you telling idiot. me you didn't secure sponsorship for the ether wipes that was i thought that was going to be one of our biggest payouts when it started rolling out i only had the one ad i mean see that's the thing we never there was two ads for ether wipes was there i believe so oh, okay well um i guess we'll have to we talk have a after lot the to talk about a lot to talk about. you fucking anyways thanks andrew um the other one we were pretty excited about um user ev black um, we did our post on Evil Dead Two on on the horror subreddit, so slash horror blew up. Yeah, blew up. Man, it is. I do not understand that subreddit. I don't at either. all. I don't like, get it. Sometimes our posts will be like utter nothing. Yeah, like it'll be instantly two downvotes, and no one will ever see yeah. it. And then this Evil Dead Two one got fifteen hundred upvotes. Yeah. And uh, anyways, I think this is the first time this has happened. Someone in the post yeah. was a listener. Yeah, they were like, oh, shit. Yeah, I just started listening to you guys. Now I see you on uh, on this subreddit. That's cool. It's yeah. like, oh, well, thanks, Evie. Yeah, he said he was watching Evil Dead because of us, and he just stumbled on the post. So um, he Evie loves Evil Dead, and we asked him what his favorite horror movie was and he says my favorite is definitely either alien or the thing i lean more towards alien because there's such a big universe around it um dude that's a, that's it those are my two biggest ones by the way and uh and i don't know we didn't mention it at the top of the show but we just did a uh we just did a guest spot on this on our, one of our sister podcasts the scariest things podcast where they were celebrating their 100th episode and they had an an NCAA March Madness like matchups between a bunch of different horror movies and i i'm not going to toot my own horn here but i did call it from the beginning i said alien would win and uh, i was the only one who was tooting that horn the whole way through and sure enough uh your boy horror movie talk david day pulled it off for the hmt team <laughs> congrats by the way to scariest things on your 100th episode um we just hit 102 by the way that was yeah this is our too. 101st episode actually yeah. so ev uh, also went on to say uh thank you for doing an episode on as above so below it's so underrated uh definitely a star in the found footage category um, and we agree. Um, so, he, uh, so we're just glad to run into someone on 
one of the horror subreddits. Yeah, no kidding. You know. B B Marks on Facebook came at us and told us that the Necronomicon equals yeah, it is a Lovecraft. So we we had some questions because we're just kind of retarded uh, and didn't know. He said, "Yeah, it is a Lovecraft based anthology." She. she said, "We are good at misgendering. That is that's our bag. That's basically our calling card." Uh, if you like anthology movies like Creepshow, Twilight Zone, Cat's Eye, etc., you might want to check it out. Um, so again, Necronomicon is a Lovecraft-based anthology. Uh, she also says it's been a while since she's seen it, uh, but uh, she would give it a high five, maybe a low six in the in the ten out of ten rating. It's a very very Lovecrafty, and it has some good practical effects and a real and and a pretty good cast with Jeffrey Combs as Lovecraft. Uh, she remembers it being a little dragging in some parts. Uh, she'll have to rewatch it. She says her husband is a huge horror movie buff. So our movie room is horror themed and I have built him the popsicle paper mache house from Dream Warriors sculpted and sculpted Pamela Voorhees head and made him Ash's severed hand to support his hobby. I, I said, can you send us some pictures of this shit? Because this sounds inc- your movie room sounds incredible. Yeah, She's- it is la. Jit. Like, she sent some pictures, and it is, like, enviable. Yes. This, this, you would be blown away by this. They're making props, like, movie-level props. Yeah, I know that the, the whole thing with the horror community for going after VHS tapes, um... Uh, I mean, it, it's beyond me. I don't under, really understand why, other than maybe you can only find some stuff on VHS. Yeah, maybe. But I was like, man, if we did like a video podcast, like in the background, we, I was like, maybe we should get VHS. But I was like, no, what if we got laser discs? Because oh. then it would be like bigger yeah. format. Anyways, uh, her husband's way ahead of us. He has like a whole wall full of laser disc. Yeah. Of, of, uh, laser disc covers of, all these horror classics and they're all signed. Yeah. It's, it's something else. Um, are, are you going to f- put any of those pictures on the, yeah, I'll post? remember to put them on the post or, and we could probably like just reshare them on, on Facebook and Twitter. Yeah. Like check out what our f- fan did. If, if, if she's okay with it, she's, she said she was. Yeah. Um, and then Kitty, we've, we've uh, mentioned Kitty a lot. Uh, she says, hi guys, question for you and the masses. If you were being hunted down by an unstoppable knife-wielding psycho, think Halloween, what is your foolproof plan to get away slash hide? And then she gives one of the worst ideas that I've ever heard. I felt bad berating her, but also justified. She says, my go-to plan is to hide behind the bathroom door making cat noises to attract their attention. Nobody can resist petting a cat. Wait for them to come in. Throw a bucket of sticky gloss paint in their face, which I would have, I would handily have lying around for such occasions, and run out the front door. And don't act like this isn't something you have ever planned for. If you don't shut your fucking mouth, I will kill you. (laughs) You're dead, kitty. There's no way for you to survive. This is... I can't believe that this is the first plan. First thing is I'll go in an enclosed space and hide behind... Another barrier. All right, Kitty, come on, get get your shit together, sweetheart. I, I, I don't. I couldn't tell if she was. I feel like I was being trolled a little bit, 
she kept with it though. She's I like, think... "Have you been covered in glossy paint?" <laughs> All right, so let's let's get the part that that makes sense. The glossy paint, good what? idea. What's happening? The glossy paint, like it could blind someone for a little bit because it can be dripping down. We're talking we're talking horror movie logic here. If a but, can of paint fell on Michael, Michael would just keep walking at you. Well, right, right. But also, you throw it at him, but also, like, cover the floor with it because it's really slippery. This is like bringing... This is like uh, 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 bringing Home Alone th- logic to right. Halloween. It's impossible. It won't work. I think it would work. I think I think that element works. And then running out the door. Those two elements, like, that's fine. Or just, you know, running out the door. That's fine, too. I have a, be- I have a better uh, one. Lock them in a basement and light the house on fire. Because that has worked several times. <laughs> <laughs> set up, a, set up a, a, a house full of booby traps. Mm-hmm. Death, deadly booby traps. Now there's fucking, I'm going to dump a bucket of water on his head and then tar him, feather him. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> Yeah, first I would take out my cell phone, call 911, get the police coming, mm. and then I would uh, go on the ground floor bathroom. Get stabbed to death. <laughs> ground floor bathroom, um, and lock the door. And I can't believe don't make that a Bryce peep. prefers Van Patten's card to mine. And then once they're trying to cut through the bathroom door, jump out the window and run away. No. Okay. I, I mean, you know, anything's better than kitties, basically. Like, yeah, sure. Your your idea was good compared to kitty. Yeah. I'm I'm sorry, kitty. We love you. Um and then finally Jason on Facebook, he has been our recent our like uh, memeologist. Our memeologist. He sent us a bunch of sound clips of him doing a Peter Griffin impression. It's which is pretty spot, spot on. on. Pretty great. Um, here's here's a couple of those. This week's horror movie talk is brought to you by Peter Griffin's one man show, Winston Churchill. We hardly knew ye. Act one. <laughs> Hello, I'm Winston Churchill. <laughs> Would you like tea? I would, cause I'm Winston Churchill. Would you like crumpets? I would, cause I'm Winston Churchill. Would you like some? (laughs) (laughs) And then, um... I would, because I'm Winston Churchill. (laughs) And then this one. Yeah, fuck, not the woods. Nothing good ever happens in the woods. That's Bryce's favorite He did a couple drops. Anyways, yeah, thanks, Jason, for sending those over. Yeah, pretty pretty awesome. Pretty good stuff. So check us out on social media. We're on everything. Uh, Go to HorrorMovieTalk.com and... Click through one of them links. Uh, thanks to all our patrons um, and uh, to Scariest Things podcast. Congratulations on your hundredth episode! Thanks for having us on um, that show, so we could vote on our picks for the bracket. Um, again, if you want to support the show, check out Patreon. Go to HorrorMovieTalk.com and click through to Amazon. Uh, check out Shutter. Use code HMT at checkout. And maybe pay them some money so that we actually have some conversions over there. Uh, and, um, yeah. Thanks to listeners like you. Yeah. Until next week, this is Horror Movie Talk, where we talk about uh, problematic, problematic movies. <laughs>
<laughs> we sure do. You guys have a great week. We love you. Bye-bye. Bye.